If anyone wants to hold her, please. You can. I won't hold her the whole time. Yeah. I, no I'm so boring. I decided I'd bring Eleanor so we could play past the baby and keep your attention. We actually, it's kind of a strategy with us. We're, um, we want our kids to love people and interact with them because we, uh, we have plans that would involve that someday. But, um, let's pray real quick. Does anybody feel like praying above and beyond anybody else? All right, if not, I will. Father, um, you're awesome and you're great, and we're small things, and... We like the fact that you pay attention to us. And we ask you to help us, empower us, to allow your spirit to rise up within us that we may become more like you and your son, that we can help establish your kingdom here on, on this earth that you've inserted us into. <clears throat> uh, I ask, Lord, that um, your words shine through my gibberish, God, that your truth may be manifest and uh, that your words would carry the life that was first spoken in them in Jesus name we ask amen um, I'm gonna be talking about something that I'm gonna refer to as the oil of Daniel um, <clears throat> and we're gonna be hopping around a lot okay um, because there's a lot of stuff that I'm studying right now that ties in together and I don't want to leave any of it out but there's a lot of it that I couldn't cram into a time frame like this so I'm gonna leave a copy of notes and also on, on the grounds that don't ever just take somebody's word for something make sure we study it out for ourselves that's a pattern I've tried to do myself just because when I say something it's gonna have my flavor in it you know and God's truth is paramount so there's a copy of the notes and you guys can spread them around do whatever you want with them but we're gonna start with the parable of the ten virgins and that ten virgins and that's in Matthew 25 verses um, we're gonna read verse 1 and then verse 4 through 12 and I don't know how you guys usually do it Do you guys usually read around somebody okay whoever wants to go go um, I may reiterate some of it. I, I prefer the amplified version just because I'm stupid and it helps me. <laughs> so uh, most all the stuff that I have in notes is amplified. <clears throat> 4 through 12? Um, yeah, verse 1 and then 4 through 12. Right, I'll go ahead and read the first couple. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took the, their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Um, and now, four. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Somebody pick up at 6 and go through 12. I'll go. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there, not, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Alright, there's a couple things I want to point on this, and we're not going to belabor everything, but I want, I want to point out a couple things. Um, let's, let's ask the question first, 
what would we in any sense of the the term consider to be attributes of a virgin just kind of fire them off rapid session commit commitment i would say okay well, those are those are three good ones okay um so all of the people with lamps were people who had chosen a life that involved some level of commitment and um an element of purity in it. It's not saying they were pure in other regard, but they were pure in the regard that a lot of people are not pure. So by our standards, we would probably consider them to be somewhat righteous people. Um, but it's not enough to just not sin. Um, we need the oil, okay? And I looked up a bunch of things that tied in with this exact usage of the word oil here, and the root really boils down to the Holy Spirit. Okay, um, there's a few other things that connect into it, but it's not enough to just not sin. It's about having a reserve of the Holy Spirit that you can tap into in times of need for yourself or for others. Because a lamp speaks of a ministry. Um, Jesus speaks in um, Luke 11:33 which I've got it out, so I'll just read it here. No one after lighting a lamp puts it in a cellar or a crypt or under a bushel, but on a lampstand that those who are coming in may see the light. Okay, The lamp speaks of our ministry, but the oil speaks of more of our relationship with God. And um, we're going to go through Daniel's life and how this applies to Daniel, but the, the, main, the main core of this is that there are a lot of ministries that any of us could name you know, and I'm not pointing a finger at them, but they may flare up for a period of time and then you see them fall. And it, and I really attribute it to the fact that that oil has been supplanted by the ministry. Like they become so focused on the ministry and what they're doing and not who they are and who they're being in relationship to God. And so um, Daniel's life is speaking to me. It's yelling at me right now just about some things that he patterned throughout his entire life. And we'll see it spans in recorded history of his captivity about 70 years and um, there's some things that were persistent throughout that um, Philippians 2 15 through 16 I'm just going to kind of run through these real quick quick these all um, are speaking of the lamp um, that you may show yourselves to be blameless and guiltless innocent uncontaminated children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and wicked generation among whom you are seen as bright lights in the dark world Colossians 3:12 clothe yourselves therefore as God God's own chosen ones purified and holy and well beloved tender-hearted um, in pity and mercy kind feeling a lowly opinion of yourselves gentle always and patient which is tireless, long-suffering, and has the power to endure whatever comes with good temper. Um, that the, the spirit rising up within you will give you the ability to endure while exhibiting the qualities that he desires to manifest, not just enduring and getting pissed off at everybody and breaking stuff, like I would tend to do. Um, uh, and there's something that just screamed at me as a, as a telltale sign of is that relationship is that oil growing and building within us and that is summarized in John 15:17 and this is Jesus speaking if anybody would like to read it feel free uh 15:7 I'm sorry 15:7 okay <clears throat> 
Switch arms. But if you stay joined to me, and my words remain in you, you may ask any request you like, and it will be granted. Okay, it says almost the exact same thing in Amplified, but I'm going to read it anyway. If you live in me, abide vitally united to me, and my words remain in you, and continue to live in your hearts. Ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. Who's had a prayer not answered in the last month? Me. Yeah, okay. Uh, Jesus said, if his words abide in us, and we remain vitally connected to him, ask whatever we desire, and it will be given to us. So, therefore, I must not be connected to him the way that I should be. I'm screwed up. He isn't. I'm screwed up. So, I'm in a season right now, and I I can't even really go into detail because it's just crazy, of just being ridiculously serious about things. And um, we went out to Tulsa last week, um, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and in a parking lot we met a guy who we just had an awesome spiritual connection with. We ended up going out to dinner with the next night. But the cool thing about the season that I see arising for mostly young adults, but um, I'll, I'll, I won't limit it to that, and that it's people that are really hunger for, hungry for God, not religion, and I'm not saying that in a Unitarian Baha'i sense, um, it, but somebody who's really hungry for a relationship with God, not a relationship with a denomination or a preacher or, you know, and I'm seeing those connections with Mennonites. I have Mennonite friends who are coming out of the Mennonite church because they're tired of that tradition. I'm seeing people in the uh, charismatic movement who are tired of the fake hype, I'll call it, and that's kind of where my roots are now, so I'm not pointing the finger at somebody else. Um, but I'm seeing it all around, people truly desiring an intimacy with God, and at varying levels, upping their commitment to see that manifested. Um, but yet, every prayer that I ask, which obviously that's one I've asked several thousand times for my son to be healed, has not been answered yet. So who screwed up, God or me? I'm not there yet, okay? Um, but it's a, it's about growing that intimacy with God. Now we're going to talk specifically about the oil because the oil is where the um, the real source comes from, okay? And the oil refers to the Holy Spirit. This is just regular olive oil, and this is, we'll call it a genie lamp or something like that. Um, I just got it online for the sake of an example. And you just put regular olive oil in it. And olive oil burns very clear and without much of an odor at all. Um, But the lamp is pretty and a nice paperweight. But without the oil, it's just that, a paperweight. Um, I'm sure Jesus had an amen flame. (laughs) Olive oil does take a little while to light because it's so thick. It's more like motor oil. It, it, you have to get it really hot before it lights. If nobody breathes, it'll it'll flare up. Okay. Um, so we're going to just do a, a quick trip through the references that relate to oil. Specifically, the word that was used in the oil of the ten virgins. Okay? Um, do you want me to hand that to you? Thank you. Thank you. As I drop it. There we go. It's where you've taken this really well. It's okay. Um, it's very particular about the words. <laughs> um, 
Oil, Psalm 45, 7. You love righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with God and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows. This is going to be whirlwind because I'm I'm valuing your guys' time where I know we have to wrap it up pretty quick. Um, Zechariah 4, 2 through 6. We're going to read verse 3 and verse 6. And there are two olive trees by it. And this is talking about the throne the throne of God. And it, it's in Revelation as well as Zechariah. And there are two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl and the other upon the left side of it, feeding it continuously with oil. Um, and uh, Zechariah asked the question, what is it? And the angel said to him, this addition of the bowl to the candlestick, causing it to yield a ceaseless supply of oil from the olive trees, is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, of whom the oil is a symbol, says the Lord of hosts. The oil is the undying supply for light and for life, and the oil is the Holy Spirit. And it says that plainly in the word of God. Um, it was just so beautiful to actually stumbled on that when I had already kind of headed down this road, and I found that I was like, that's so awesome, because um, it was something that was kind of resonating in my spirit, but I hadn't found yet the, the proof in the Word yet. And so, anyhow, um, we're going to go to uh, Romans 8, 9, but you are not living the life of the flesh, you are living the life of the Spirit, Second Corinthians 1, 22. He has also appropriated and acknowledged us as His by putting a seal upon us, giving us His Holy Spirit in our hearts as the security deposit and guarantee of the fulfillment of His promise. And then something we're all familiar with, the fruits of the Spirit, uh, love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's a tough one. Against <laughs> such things there is no law. Um, I'm a very human human. Uh, I have a lot of problems with a lot of this. And uh, in First John 2.20, But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you know all the truth. And then there's a flip side of this that uh, it kind of reinforces the, the positive side of it. But you must remember, beloved, the, predica- the predictions which were made by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jude, this is Jude 17 and 19, I'm sorry. They told you beforehand in the last days there will be scoffers. I mean, I'm in Rotary. And Rot- Rotarians, if you're not familiar with them, it's just basically a group of businessmen who give money to stuff. And it's a humanitarian organization. One of the things we're doing is eradicating polio around the world. But... Uh, we open our meetings in prayer, and they asked me. To, the president asked me to pray two or three times, um, and I said, "That's fine, as long as you know I'm a Jesus name guy. I'm going to say it to the way I know it." And um, he said, "That's fine." Every time I did, there would be these people who muttered around the room. I hate it when they use Jesus name and scoffers, people who ridicule you. They don't understand that it's not about legalism. It's about that relationship that we have. And I'm not going to turn my back on a friend or my wife. Why would I turn my back on the very God who's going to answer the prayer I'm praying? So, um, but um, scoffers uh, who seek to gratify their own unholy desires, following after their own ungodly passions, it is these who are agitators, setting up distinctions and causing divisions, merely sensual creatures, carnal, worldly-minded people, devoid of the Holy Spirit and destitute of any higher spiritual life. That's the opposite of someone who's walking in the Spirit. You have that spiritual life, that core that drives you to be better than you are. Um, all right, so how does this all tie into Daniel? Okay, um, What do we know Daniel for? Let's rattle some stuff off. Lion's Den. Lion's Den, obviously. 
just great story. Anything. Characteristics, instances. Book of Daniel. Yeah. He was. Spectacular courage. Exactly. Exactly. All of those things we think of when we think of Daniel. Um, let's read Daniel six twenty two, the lion's den. This is just one verse in it. Anybody who finds it, go for it. I got it. My God has sent his angels and, and hath shut the lion's mouth, that they have not hurt me, forasmuch as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Daniel said, the reason God answered my prayer is because I was found innocent before him. And he said, in addition to that, I've done no real wrong against you, king. There is a connection between holiness, and it's not a works thing, it's a relationship thing. But there's a connection between holiness and, I'll say it in an almost offensive way, how much God listens to us. Okay, I mean, I'm going to offend your mind a little bit to make you kind of get the point. But there is a relationship, uh, there is a, a correlation between holiness, the intimacy with God, and how much influence we have over what happens from a heavenly perspective. Um, let's go to um, Daniel 2.4. What kind of people did Daniel work with? We've all had jobs and we've worked with idiots and jerks and flakes and smart people and arrogant people, nice people and mean people. What kind of people did, did um, Daniel work with? He worked with sorcerers, new age people, what we would call them today. Um, sorcery would basically be drug dealers, as I understand it, the old, the old terms. A sorcerer was someone who would make concoctions and um, could administer various things through a spiritual connection as well. And the Greek root of sorcery is pharmacology. Okay. Which would be drugs, I guess. <laughs> All right. So um, he he worked with drug dealers and uh, palm readers and astrologers and those kinds of people. And not only did he work with them, he had to learn their culture as a captive. He had to become so excellent in in his knowledge that he ultimately became third in the entire kingdom. He was third under the highest ruler in the kingdom at one point in, in his life. Um, so he embraced their culture, kind of like Paul did. He When he was in captivity and he went before um, the court, he noticed the the uh, statue or erection or something to the unknown God and said, well, the unknown God that you worship, that's my God. He's bigger than all the other ones. And so he used their culture to try and try and win them over. Um, but let's read um, Daniel 2 for anybody. Then the astrologer answered the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will interpret it. Okay, so, and the Chaldeans here, I did a little bit of research on it, and the definition that I found was the Chaldeans were kind of like the castes, some, there was some level of the caste system apparent in um, the Babylonian era, and the Chaldeans were basically 
born, I, I don't know if they were born or they were just kind of voted into this um, Chaldean order, which was magi, astrologers, sorcerers, enchanters, and magicians, okay? Um, I would call them con artists, and by, by most in, in counts of the word. Um, but there, there were some that I'm sure were tapped into some negative spiritual forces as well, um, much like Moses had the battle and Aaron and those guys. But um, his co-workers were those people. And yet he embraced their culture without compromising his own, even to the point of having a 10-day Battle of the Foods contest. I mean, it's almost like uh, reality TV-esque. It reminds me of, like, um, Elijah and the prophets of Baal, um, where they had a 10-day contest eating only... What time do, we need, do I need to finish up? 7.35? Is that what you said? Okay. All right. Um, they had a contest where... They were trying to feed them foods that would have, A, conflicted with the the um, Jewish custom, and also they didn't have knowledge of whether all those foods may have been offered to idols or not. So Daniel and his friends said at Daniel's initiative, they went to their head guy um, and said, we want to eat this food and give us a 10-day test. And if we're not better than all your others, then we'll submit to what you ask. And so they did that, and the long and the short of it is the king investigated, interrogated, questioned, interviewed, however you want to say it, all of the people in the court, and Daniel and his three friends were found to be, the Bible says ten times, I think it's just probably an exemplary thing, higher than everyone else in appearance and conduct and knowledge. Um, in fasting, that's another thing that Daniel is known for. Daniel 10.3, anybody who wants to read it. Go for it. I ate, I ate no pleasant food, no meat, no wine, no wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till the three whole weeks were fulfilled. Alright, so sometimes we call it, refer this to the Daniel fast, alright? Eating nothing that you would desire, um, eating food you wouldn't normally eat. Um, it usually counters, um, goes along with healthy for me. Um, anyhow. <laughs> I was going to say a diet. <laughs> yeah. Um, Daniel fasted for three weeks, and he was, and at this stage, we don't have time to go into all the details, but he had prayed for an answer, and it was 21 days before he got the answer. And it's been said of Daniel in other places that he's one of three top people according to what God thought of them. And Daniel didn't get the answer for 21 days later, but that was because there was a negative spiritual force opposing the answer that was coming to him. And I've heard it said, well, what if you would have stopped on the 20th day? He didn't. I think it's irrelevant. But he continued, he prayed, he fasted, and his answer came. Um, let's read about prayer. Daniel 6.10. We're just, we're, again, we're talking about the, the consistent qualities and habits of Daniel's life that I think that I've kind of termed as the oil of Daniel. Go ahead. When, David, when Daniel learned that the decree had been signed and posted, he continued to pray just as he always had always done. His house had windows in the upstairs that opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he knelt there in prayer, thanking and praising his God. I think the key phrase in this, just as he had always done, when this new law came out that you can't have the Ten Commandments in the court or you can't do X, Y, or Z, it wasn't a rebellion that rose up within him. It was his custom to always pray three times a day with his windows open facing the east in Jerusalem or over Jerusalem, whatever it was. Um, and 
he didn't stop that just because there was a new a new law. So prayer is another quality. Um, and let's go to what I'm going to consider kind of the sum the summation of Daniel's character in Daniel five twelve. Anybody who wants to read it. Much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. Okay. Um, in this verse, it's where the king had had a dream and he didn't even remember what the dream was. And so he called his magicians together and said, tell me the dream and then tell me the interpretation. So there's no way for them to fake it because the king's going to remember the dream once they start talking about it. So somebody refers to Daniel and um, otherwise all of the wise men are going to be killed. And Daniel comes and interprets the dream. But the key phrase in that for me when I read it is because an excellent spirit was found in Daniel. And um, the word spirit there, I did a bunch, uh, a bunch of digging on that, but probably the, the easiest way to sum it up, up is a supernatural non-material being. We all have a spirit. Um, God breathed into man the breath of life, which I believe is, is his spirit, based on the Greek root of that. Um, but our spirit alone isn't enough. It's when our spirit communes with God's spirit that we'll call it a super spirit, just to have a little term to use, um, that we can transcend of, in, in a manner of sorts our natural condition and offer people something that is beyond what we have to offer. Or we can ourselves receive something that is be outside of us from God the Father. Um, so there's a lot more depth to this, and I, I hope it kind of gives you some some inspiration to, to study Daniel because for 70 years, for 70 years, Daniel continued in captivity, prayer and fasting. Noah, uh, I think it was 110 years he spent building the ark. He saved eight people with all of that effort against ridicule from people. Um, the consistency, the, the act of consistently seeking God and developing that oil I want to, I don't want to be one of those five people that are beating on the door after the bridegroom feast has started saying, let me in, let me in. I was a virgin. You don't have any oil. You missed your chance. So that's kind of um, where we can tie it up. And if you guys have anything else you want to add to it, I know we've all probably studied Daniel at different times and got something a little different out of it. Um, so that's where we are. I think what you said was really excellent. And I think that what you said at the beginning really struck me is that when we talk about oil is that we lose our spiritual oil by not by focusing so much on what we do that we forget who we are. And I think that's a huge element for me is, you know, sometimes you get so into like, am I doing the right things that you forget that, you know, when you think, whose am I? Who do I belong to? What kind of a man am I according to the price that was paid for me? Mm -hmm. And everything else just falls into place. Mm -hmm. I like that. Good stuff. I really liked how you um, put um, modern day application, like the Chaldeans, and how that would be like a modern day drug dealer, and how everything, I mean, we think things are new, but they're not. And just listen to that. 
I think it's is it Ecclesiastics. Nothing's new under the sun. So we think, oh, back then there was a guy walking around and he was a big time sorcerer and everybody knew it. But today there are drug dealers or our you know tarot card readers and all that, and we still have to make a stand just like Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and not bow down to those things. So I like how you took the old and made it current. How we're still called to make a stand and not compromise any of the standards of God just because of our circumstances and be who we're called to be. Anybody else have any comments or questions? I think the lamp is cool. <laughs> yeah, the lamp is awesome. I'm gonna, In my mind, I'm like, I'm going home and buying one of those. <laughs> I, I, can, I can send you guys a link to it. It was like $9 online. Yeah. The shipping cost me more because knowing me, I didn't plan until like <laughs> Tuesday of this week to get it. So um, it, was ni- it was 9 bucks. I think it was actually at a place called nursesstation.com. I just frugaled it and it came up there. So uh, I'll send Dora a link if you want one. I'm going to use it to study by. So yeah, did you, did you was, search for a genie lamp? Or? Um, I searched for, um, I'm trying to remember my keywords. Those didn't, that didn't work. I tried Aladdin, then you got those little ones that old ladies collect. So I think it was, I just searched for brass oil, a uh, brass olive oil lamp, and then I sorted it in ascending order by price. Huh. Cheapest one. So. That's cool. That's what you need the whole time. Yeah, it's awesome, man. It kind of like, I, I think that was such an excellent little visual. Yeah, like it's cool how God uses visuals to connect with us. Like Jesus always used a parable. He talked to us in pictures, and sometimes you know the communion, right? Yeah, exactly. That purpose solidifies what I'm thinking. Yep. Mm -hmm. No, you kind of you know try to incorporate that. At least I would say in tonight's lesson, just by how Dora said she really liked you know the relation to. Today, that's what Jesus was doing. He was using things that people then could relate to. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Yep. So, good job. Thank you. Anybody else have any comments? Questions?